Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name's Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, we hear from Melissa Palmer. She's been on the show a few times. She's a previous student of one of my courses, and she went full-time in July of 2022. So we get an update from her. We hear about her sites a little bit. We uh, also talk about metrics and analytics and how we can uh, look at them in an effective way. And we kind of bounce some ideas back and forth as well. Quick note, my course is open for enrollment this week. So it's open until January 27th, 2023. Check it out. There's a link in the description. If you think it might be a good fit, you can get more information there. If it happens to be after the course launch, you could shoot me an email, doug at nichesiteproject.com and let me know what's going on. Maybe it's a good fit for you and we can go from there. So thanks a lot to Melissa. We'll get to the episode right now. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington. And in this episode, we're getting an update from Melissa Palmer. So she went full-time with her portfolio of niche sites back in July of 2022. So it's a, it's a new year now. And we're going to talk about a few things. Talk about uh, kind of analyzing and looking at your progress, especially year-over-year, year, kind of an important thing to take a look at. We're going to talk about mindset when you go full-time and some mistakes that she's made along the way here. So Melissa, how's it going today? It's going great. And it is totally incredible to say I went full-time last year. That is just, you said that and that just blew my mind. Uh, Happy New Year, Doug. Happy 2023. Happy New Year. Yeah. And like, was that on your radar for a pretty long time to go full-time and quit your, you know, tech job? Yeah, it's funny. So it's probably on my radar for about a year and a half before I did it. And I was actually planning on doing it at the end of 2022. But I was kind of got halfway through my birthdays around that time of year too. And I looked at the progress I made in twenty, the first half of 2022, which was basically nothing. And I kind of felt like, you know what, I think I should move up this timeline. I think I should do it because by doing nothing, I'm just hurting myself longer term. Um, so I moved my timeline up six months and I did it. Awesome. Well, before we get into all the nuts and bolts here, we did do a a couple interviews before, so we'll link up to those in the description for people that want to get like a deeper dive into some, uh, individual details of sites and all that stuff. Um, but for now, for people that didn't hear that yet, can you give a quick intro of who you are and what you do and a little bit about your background? Absolutely. Hi, everybody. My name is Melissa Palmer. I am now a full-time blogger and content creator. My background is in engineering and technology. I had a great run in the tech industry, kind of went out on a high, was doing really well. But, you know, I took Doug's course in 2019 after I had just gotten my first blog on an ad network and just Really, it was a hobby that I really enjoyed, and I realized at some point that I could make this into something else. So I put the plan into place. I have a portfolio of sites ranging from all different sizes and monetization methods, and I'm just looking to keep growing and keep building. How many sites do you have? All right, so this is this makes me sound crazy. I have like 22 sites last time I counted. Um, but I probably only focus on about six of them. Uh, some I've just kind of built and let sit and I let them do what they do because they bring in a little bit of money here and there. But I would say I have about six that I actively work on and I'm either, uh, they're either making me money net. Well, everybody makes me some level of money. That's the good thing. Um, but there's six that I'm focusing on, on just, uh, growing and that kind of thing. How did you pick those six to focus on? Um, One was traffic. So the ones that were just do really well and have a lot of traffic, I want to keep them growing. Uh, Some was interest-based because I uh, liked the topic and others were, I was just working on them and I was seeing that I was getting traction very fast on them. So I said, you know what, this should become a focus because it's doing really well. So the hope is it will keep doing well. And then for the sites that sort of grew faster, some of the ones you're focusing on, is there any like commonality between those or like, do you know why those are doing better? You know, one, I would say it might be because uh, it's an area that I'm a personal expert in. So I kind of always have this battle of 
you know, I just like outsource anything for some topic, like let's say uh, chainsaws. I, I always use a chainsaw example, Doug, <laughs> right? Like I'm, I don't know a lot about chainsaws, but it's really lucrative. I see some good keywords. I'm just going to go pay people to write chainsaw articles for me. Um, this site that's doing really, really well is interesting because it's an area that I'm a personal expert in and I've done a lot of the content myself. So I think that is part of the reason why. And I think it's just like a good topic that is um, underserved and there's a lot of potential there as well. Okay. And then that said, like what percentage of the content have you personally written or, and I know some of it would be like a blend where like maybe you create this the is content pretty much, brief. Um, all, almost all of it. Although I do have someone helping me who's also an expert in the area, right? They happen to be a writer that knows about the topic versus, you know, a writer who doesn't. So I think that goes a long way. I just actually just started kind of handing the keys over to that a little bit in the last couple months, which was hard to do because it was like, it was a website that I started, no joke, in I think the end of 2015 or 2016. And then I just like let it sit for years and never did anything. And then I got bored during the pandemic like everybody else. And I was like, I think I'm going to give this a go. So it's something that I started putting more effort into. Um, so it was kind of hard because it was like one of my first sites. And it was a, it's a topic that's very um, near and dear to my heart. So it was kind of hard to do that. But it got to the point where I was like, okay, critical mass. I know I need a little help here. And that's how I kind of started handing over the reins a little bit. Okay. And for the, uh, so that's the individual, that one site. So for yeah, the 111 other sites. 111% growth year over year on that puppy. Oh, wow. That was pretty cool. Yeah. How much content on that site? Uh, approaching 100 articles. Okay. And then how much, uh, can you talk about how the publishing schedule has been. So it's been, there hasn't through. been one. Okay. I, I, I am not a good publishing schedule person. Um, I don't know. Some people are like, Oh, you should publish weekly. You should publish whatever. I tend to do batches. So just because I work on a lot of sites, I'll batch. I'll do like five articles in a week on this site. And then I'll go to the next site and do five articles a week there. Um, it kind of depends. I'm not good with a content schedule schedule or anything like that. And that's something I'm going to try to do a little bit better in 2023, I think. But I'm very much like a batcher, just get a bunch out and move on, get a bunch out and move on. Okay. And just to, I'm going to keep probing in that area. Yeah. So like the, the site has been around for a while during yes. the pandemic, you started to publish more. So how much was published before? Oh, the- it had like five or six posts on it and just sat there for years. It was literally nothing. Okay. It was just, it just hung out there. And then I would, I guess in the last six months, you've been publishing a little bit more because yes, you've been full time. Okay. Yeah. So about a hundred articles. Now, zooming out, you have uh, you know a lot of sites. You're focusing on six. How much content do you write for the other sites? It depends. Uh, it depends. I've been very big into uh, just content pillars in general. I think it's something that really helps. So I'll go and I'll either, sometimes I'll write, sometimes I'll buy articles, but I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do 30 articles or 25, whatever number I come up with. I like multiples of five for some reason. So sure. it's usually like something ending a five and a zero. Um, and I'll be like, all right, I'm going to go deep on this topic. I'm going to go deep on this topic. And I do it very topical. So 30 articles on this, then 30 articles on this. Let's see how that first 30 did on this topic. Go back. Um, I'm very big on optimizing my content after a little while after it sat there, um, seeing what's doing well and saying, okay, well, wow, people are really into chainsaw sharpening. So I'm going to go write more articles on chainsaw sharpening and exhaust everything I can about that because it's starting to do well. Um, so I very much have a strategy of publish a lot of content and then monitor, right? What are, what can I even get like a sub pillar out of that pillar? based on what's doing well and what the uptick has been. Okay. Got it. And let's go back to, you know, one of the topics that we're going to focus on today. And that's like looking at your analytics and your metrics and (laughs) how do you, how do you approach it? So some people, um, they, they can't get out of it. So they're in there three times a day. And I've got some tips. Don't worry. Okay. Cause that yeah. used to be me. And I realized I was wasting so much of my day checking Google analytics or Google search console that it, you're, it's like analysis paralysis almost. And that's probably like one of my biggest things I'm guilty about is like, I'll publish about batch of content and I'll wait. And you know, it, it usually works out. I'm like, but if I, it does well, 
right? Because I, I wrote it and I planned it. And at this point, I kind of know what I'm doing, right? I'm like, if I wouldn't have waited and just have done more, I'd be farther along now. So that's something I have on my radar for 2023 for sure. Um, but there's something called Google Data Studio, which has been rebranded Google Looker Studio. So I literally connect all my analytics. I build a dashboard and I go and maybe look at it once a day, but it's, I can see everything in just scrolling down the page, right? I'm not going here. I'm not going here. I'm not going here. And I only go into analytics or console if I have like a real reason I need to, like if I'm going to really dive deep on a certain pillar of content, or you can even do a lot of that canned in um, data studio, looker studio, say like all my chainsaw articles, put them in one view and just have a page of all your chainsaw stats. Um, but I, I just, if I check every day, it's just that dashboard view. I scroll through in the morning and see how I did yesterday. And I have like month over month comparisons and that's it because it's so easy, especially when you're trying to grow just to be like, Oh, how many viewers do I have on my website right now? Like it, it doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't know right. your trends, kind of know what you're doing, but don't be obsessive over it. Cause it's just, it's just wasting time. And, um, something really interesting I noticed. So I, didn't do much for the first six months of 2022, just because I was still working full-time, right? And when I started going full-time, I think I was, even with the dashboards, I was in them a little too much and I wasn't feeling great, right? Because I was looking at month over month and I was just kind of like, oh, I don't know. And I was being a little, little too obsessive. Like, I know this, I know I was doing it. But then I looked year over year and I'm like, Whoa, I had a great year last year, especially considering I only focused on things for six months. So that was a huge turning point for me at the end of the year. And I think I did it like on New Year's Eve or something like that. Like that's how I spent my New Year's <laughs> Eve. I made it. I, I don't, I think, I don't know if I posted online. I made like a nice um, prime rib and I looked at my website statistics. Like that's how I spent New Year's Eve. Um, but once I started looking at that year over year growth, then I started feeling a lot better. So I think it's important to find a balance of checking in on a regular basis, but keeping that longer term view too, right? How did I do even this month compared to this month last year, right? How did I do in January 2022 versus January 2023? So it's always important to keep in mind that you want to look back and be comparing yourself further out as well, not just how did I do yesterday versus today or this week versus last week. Perfect. And one thing that, well, first off, uh, confession. So I, I too do, you know, a bad job at times. So I'm pretty good, like not checking in analytics like every day, but occasionally, and this is like the worst. So I published a YouTube video like yesterday. So at the time we're recording this, I published one yesterday. I wanted to do well. Usually I don't care that much, but like I wanted to do well. Like I tried a little harder. <laughs> and yeah, so I'm like on my phone, like looking at the YouTube um, creator studio, like checking to see it's doing well currently. It's almost like impulsive, right? You just keep on checking and yeah. checking and checking. It's and like I mean, in the long run, like it actually doesn't matter at all. And it would be better if I checked in like in a week. And the other thing is like, I know it'll probably do okay for a short period just the nature of YouTube, it'll do okay for a bit because my subscribers will see it. But if it actually does well, it'll probably be in like two or three weeks. So like me looking a lot in the first 24 hours, it doesn't do anything. Like it's already out there in the world. Like I can't do anything about it. So nobody's perfect, right? Um, the greater point, the grander point is, and I'm going to go a roundabout way. So I've been uh, into bullet journaling. Are you lightly yes, familiar with it? Yes, I'm obsessed. I'm, I have like 10 bullet journals on my desk, but like, I'm not okay. even joking. So I think you're supposed to do one, but if you do 10, <laughs> that's cool too. But I, um, I'm i not like uh, dogmatic about the way you implement it. I don't care how it looks. It's not for social media. It's just for me. So I'm using it for a couple of things. One thing that I have been doing a bad job with over the past probably two years is just like checking in on a regular basis, like weekly, monthly, quarterly, where I'm like, how did I do last week? What's mm -hmm. coming up this next week? It's fine. I actually live pretty well. Like my mind is free. I don't stress about things too much and it's totally fine. But it also means you, you can easily get distracted and stop making progress on something that you intended to make a priority. So that said, you were talking about like, Daily, you'll take a look at your dashboard and you're conscious of looking at trends, 
uh, bigger picture, but do you have like a monthly or quarterly practice where you're like, here's the three KPIs, here's the the dashboards that I need to look at for that? To know I have that monthly, but okay. now that you're saying it, I think quarterly would be good to have too. Um, because again, m- monthly is, it's still not a big enough time period. And, you know, a lot of the sites, uh, just, you know, the nature of the business is seasonal, right? So I might miss something or not catch something. I actually really like the quarterly check-in idea because I've pretty much been doing monthly. Um, but I think I'm going to add quarterly to my list now because that's an excellent idea. I'm going to write this down right now. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I, I don't know the right, I mean, I think that is probably good. I, I too like sprints of work and I, I could really focus and it's easy for me to ignore other stuff if I am focusing and I can yeah. really give my all to like one topic area. And then I feel like I have like, my mind has more like free time to wander and I come up with better ideas. So like before we started recording, I was like, ah, you know, I've been floundering around a bit, but I like needed the I needed that. Like it felt like not productive at all. Like I was just aimlessly it, wondering. It, it's funny how that works, right? Like you yeah. need to give yourself, and that, that's like something that um, coming out of the corporate world, right? Like there were days, like I didn't have time to eat lunch. Like I worked from home, but my calendar was packed to the point where I couldn't go to my kitchen and get food or make food. Like I would pack my lunches if I was going to work. So hopefully I could eat it on mute on a meeting some days. Like that was not good. I never had that time to just kind of brain dump and brainstorm and do things like that. And it doesn't feel productive. Um, and I still think I'm almost like untraining myself from some of the, what I'm used to the structure. Uh, but there's something to be said for that. You're not really wasting time. If you let your mind wander, or you just go down an internet rat hole. Like sometimes you get these great ideas that you wouldn't have if you were just like sitting here typing on the keyboard and stuff like that. So it's almost important to like build that into your schedule, like some time for yourself. Hundred percent, yeah, and I, I mean, sometimes it's just like walking outside and like don't listen to a podcast, you know, listen to my podcast, but like, <laughs> give, <laughs> give, give your give yourself time out there um, to just like you know work just out. Put on some it. music. Yeah, exactly. Just be a little bored. So, okay, back on track here. You have a ton of sites. I do. I'm curious if there are like. If, if it follows the 80, 20, as far as like traffic or revenue, or like, are there a couple big ones or is it? Yeah, I definitely split? have all different sizes. Uh, there's a couple big ones. There's like a couple medium ones. And then there's some um, smaller ones. And I was actually looking at, I was putting together like some stats and stuff for Doug. And I was looking at one and it was, it was like kind of what I said earlier. Like I published certain articles in a certain vein and I waited Right? And I'm like, I'm just, cause it was like a little site. It doesn't have much, but I'm like, I just want to see how it does. And I see it starting to do well. And I look back and I said, but what if I would have kept going? Like, what if I would have published another round of articles? Cause um, I did this thing last year where I basically calculated how long does it take me to start getting traffic to a well-written article per site? Right. And I found a different range. Like I can tell you one of my sites I can publish and start getting traffic the same day or tomorrow from Google. Like that's just how the site is, right? It's a really old one. It's been around a long time. I publish, I get indexed, boom, we're off to the races. Um, Other ones, it takes a while to index or it takes time to get traffic. So while that's good to know in the back of my head for planning purposes, I almost wish I wouldn't have been so hyper-focused in the analysis phase because if I would have kept on going, yeah, I'd still be like behind, but like... I would have seen the second batch and the third batch and the fourth batch starting to do well instead of like fixated on tracking these five articles or anything like that. So I do like my experimenting. Again, this is a small site. I'm not expecting anything to come out of anytime soon. And it's a nice, um, it's a nice learning experience. But I know for me, like, again, I'm at the point where I need to trust myself. Like I took this leap of faith on myself. I know what I'm doing. I've seen the results. Um, but sometimes I just feel like I get that analysis paralysis and hesitate a little too much. And so when you learn, when you learn that, right, you're like, oh, what if I would have kept publishing? So what do you do with that now? Do you change like your plan? Yeah, I I think I'm going to, um, for that particular site, kind of bring it back into the fold and just keep going on it. Right. Instead of, oh, it's, I I guess I'm going to promote it a little bit. Right. It was kind of in like, I have like three buckets of sites, right. I have my active sites. I have my, what I call my incubation sites. Those are like the mid tier sites I'm really focusing on. And then I have the ones I just kind of 
let do their thing and check in on every once in a while. So I might be promoting that into the middle tier because I did see some results on it. Um, so we're going to see how that goes. It's, I think I'm going to be doing a little bit more this month, um, just kind of evaluation on everything. I haven't gotten through my whole portfolio yet and just kind of trying to come up with a really solid plan for the year for each kind of site. But it's important when you do this to think, to keep in mind that even if it doesn't go the way you thought it would, that's okay. Cause we can't predict, predict everything. I can be talking all this stuff too. And some like Google update can roll out and just like decimate everything tomorrow. Right. So it's important to keep in mind that while goals are important and it's nice to have a place to go. Um, I don't necessarily believe in that you didn't meet your goal, goal or you failed. Right. As long as you learn something from it. And we'll, we'll actually go back to Google updates in a, in a minute here. So one, one thing that we're all experiencing is the economic downturn. Oh, yeah. So there's a, it's debatable if there's a recession, but like, you know, stocks are down inflation, blah, blah, blah. And that means advertisers are tightening their budgets a little bit. So that hits us with uh, websites that have display ads. So can you talk about how that impacted you? Yeah, I saw that. So I was still up year over year on everything. Um, but one site in particular, like I have noticed the the advertiser spend kind of trickling off. Like I was like, Q4, Q4, woohoo. And I'm like, I mean, Q4 was good, but it wasn't like really, really good or anything like that. But I actually noticed one site where the the traffic went up a lot, but what the advertisers were paying went down a lot. And it's still like, made more, but it wasn't that much more. And I was kind of like, but it did, like if I'm looking in Google Analytics, it did so much better. Um, but yeah, I, th I think we're gonna see a pullback on display ads for a while. I hope it's not that long, but one thing um, going full time has made me really think about is monetization, right? And how can I monetize my sites in different ways and make the most out of what I already have. Like, yes, I'm going after growth. I'm going after traffic. That's a given, but can I do more with what I have already today? And I think the answer is yes. So that's something I'm going to be focusing on this year as well. Okay. And do you have any specific, well, actually, before we get into that, so monetization, so a lot of display ads, do you have some affiliate revenue? Coming oh yeah. Too? Oh yeah. I have uh, affiliate revenue that actually um, picked up a little bit this year. I was kind of pleased with that. Um, I, I do do affiliate stuff. I, you were kind of the person who I found that introduced me into the whole affiliate marketing stuff. So that's something I've been continuing on. I need to do better. And I think we talked about this on another episode. I need to do better going beyond Amazon. But at the end of the day, like Amazon just converts so well and it's so simple right. that it's kind of like the table stakes, right? Let's just get our nice Amazon links in there. It's quick. It's easy. Um, but I am going to go look for some more like uh, boutique kind of programs for mm -hmm. some of my sites uh, a little bit this year as well. So that is on my radar, basically a nice affiliate audit and overhaul. Um, I did get into digital products on one of my larger sites and uh, I haven't done much with it yet, but you know, I'm getting some sales here and here and there from cold traffic. So that is always an excellent thing. And I do think there's definitely more I can do on that particular site with um, digital products as well. And it's it's ridiculous. Like when you look at the amount of traffic you need, just going from display ads to affiliate, you know, it's like whatever, 10% of the traffic <sighs> or something. And then if you have your own products, then it's, you know, another factor of, I don't know if 10, but it, it is, it. it's pretty crazy. But, you know, the nice thing I like about affiliate sites is, um, so when I took your course, I had one that like I followed the book and I built the site, built on the course, blah, blah, blah. And then I did like two more immediately. Once I started seeing traction, I'm like, boom, yeah. two more. And the one site, it's a niche where it's like um, slightly more expensive products, right? It's very competitive, but the products are more expensive. And uh, I was calculating like my revenue per thousand page views, right? Cause I, you know, every, every advertiser calls it something uh, mm -hmm. different, but basically it's like, how much do you make for a thousand page views? And I calculated it based off the affiliate income. And it was like $90 per a thousand page views because of this specific niche and how expensive the products were. So the good thing, I, st I still feel like if you do an affiliate site the right way, um, 
that 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 is probably your quickest path to excellent monetization, right? If you're providing tremendous value and real world experience with these products, um, that is a differentiator and still one of the best ways to make money out there. It really, really is as long as you do it right. And I think doing it right, like I didn't do it right a couple times because I got a little uh, got a little full of myself and I was yeah. just like boom, 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 money, 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 and I, I got hit. Um, but as long as you're providing that solid informational content and providing value along with your affiliate uh, links and products, yeah, I still think it's one of the best ways to go. And you don't actually need that much traffic um, if you're in a niche that has you know higher or more expensive types of things. Perfect. And when I've done interviews in the last year, the people that are making the most in the shortest amount of time, and we're talking like tens of thousands per month, usually it's affiliate. They probably, they may have a little bit of content that's informational, but they don't really care about display ads. Often they have like multiple affiliate programs that could work with, but I mean, it's it's a different game. Really. It is a completely different game. And I think, um, and this is like coming from, originally I was a hobby blogger, right? I started my tech blog as a hobby to like, build a little portfolio in the tech world for myself, improve my experience, like all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, there's something to be said about when you're starting a new site. And I am thinking about starting another new site, Doug. Like I don't have enough to do already. I am thinking about starting um, another new site. And I think one of the most important things you can do when you start a site, because I think if we're doing this full time, we have to have more than one. Like I just, I'm not comfortable putting all my eggs in one basket, Doug. Mm. Not comfortable with that. Um, it's knowing the purpose up front right? Like, am I going more affiliate on this one? Or am I going more display ad on this one? Or am I trying to sell my own products? Like, what is the purpose of this site? And how am I going to monetize it? And it might be a combination of everything, right? But kind of having that in mind when you get started really, I think helps you get the start of the right way versus I'm just going to start publishing and yeah. see what happens, right? You kind of need to know up front and you might decide to pivot it later. That's totally okay. I have this one site. It's the second site I ever built. And I have pivoted this thing like so many times. It's ridiculous, but it like makes me a couple hundred bucks a month. So I like, I can't kill it. Like it's like my baby. Like I can't get rid of it. Um, and it actually does really well seasonally around this time of year too. Uh, but I've pivoted this site like three or four times and it just keeps working and keeps doing right. Um, so there's nothing wrong with changing kind of your tactics as you move on, but really kind of, and even if you have a site now and you're just kind of like floundering, like sitting down and just listing out, like, how am I going to make money from this thing? And coming up with your plan and going for it. That's probably like the best thing we can all do ourselves from in January is like, all right, here's a site. Here's what I'm doing now today. What could I do more to make more on it? And what do I want to do on it? And quick uh, shortcut, if people are like, ah, I'm not really sure, go look at your competitors, the mature competitors out there, and you'll see what they're doing. Maybe they have access to other affiliate programs or, or a network that you didn't know existed. So then you could just check it out. You, you know, you may not be able to capitalize on that yet, but you could aim in the right direction. And this is a good time for a plug for multi-profit sites. So the week that this interview comes out, my course multi-profit site is open for enrollment. That's January 23rd through the 27th of 2023. So you could hop in. It's the course that uh, Melissa took. I, I, basically, it's uh, the iteration of the one that you took because yes. you, you got the tail end. But um, yeah, you, you took it. Uh, Christy, someone else that we interview often. We have Ariel also took the course, Ariel Phoenix. So a lot of good good pedigree out there. It's a, you know, I like it. I like the course. So I check like it, it out. too. And yeah. I really like, um, I'm like a course. I mean, I can actually, so here's, here's like a perfect example of how to do things for Doug, right? I started consuming all of his free content on his niche site project. And I thought it was so great. I thought it was so great. I'm like, this guy knows what he's doing. I trust him. I'm just going to go buy his course. Wham, bam, let's roll. Um, so uh, I really like Doug's unique background, right? With this kind of like project management background. Like I have the techie background, so I totally get it. And just the way he lays everything out, um, it's so easy to follow. And if you're willing to put in the work, and that's the thing, right? That's the thing to remember. This stuff is work. We talk like passive income. 
Um, but it takes work, especially to get started. If you're willing to put in the work, it's going to work for you. And one observation from the, um, like my personality and then the people that are successful with the course or successful, like not even with the course, because you don't have to buy the course, right? There's a lot yeah. of free information out there. A lot of my friends put out the free content and you know you can follow along, but like, Melissa, you get obsessed with stuff. I get obsessed. Christy does. Ariel, like we can basically like put our head down and like work for a really long time, you know, fueled with caffeine and like a lack of sleep and you just push <laughs> yeah. through, right? Yeah. So it's I, I, worth it though. I, I really think it's worth it. I mean, I, I took this, I emailed Doug. This is so good. I emailed Doug and I'm like, I bought the course and he like drips it out, right? Do you still drip it out, Doug? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So I emailed him. I'm like, Doug, I'm on maternity leave right now. Can you just, I only have six weeks left. Can you just give me the whole course so I can do it all before I go back to work? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I remember that. Probably the only email you got like that ever. Like, what, <laughs> what is this person doing? Um, but if you're willing to put in the work, it will work for you. Awesome. Thanks, Melissa. And we can, uh, yeah, so check it out. I'll put a link in the description if you want to check it out. And back to, I'm going to ask you a hard question here, and I'm not oh, no. sure. You, you could think about it if, if you don't have an answer right off. So you mentioned having uh, you know, 22, potentially yeah. 23 sites. You have different buckets. So like you can classify them and then yeah. <laughs> kind of reliably like move on to something else and mm -hmm. make plans based on those sites. What do you think you're missing by having so many sites or your work habits or like, what do you, what are you making mistakes? <clears throat> on? Um, well, I guess I the biggest mistake I ever made in my whole blogging career since 2014 was not building an email list because now I am kicking myself for not having email lists because you look at everything out there, right? You look at Google updates, you look at Pinterest updates, you look at Facebook updates, algorithm, 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 like, okay, my background's in tech. Like this, these places are the wild, wild west. Anybody could change this algorithm at any time. So you don't own that traffic. You don't own that relationship. When you have an email list, you have the ability to build relationships with people who are interested in your content and really provide them value, right? Um, and no one can ever take that from you, right? Like no one can take those relationships for you when you're controlling them, but Google can decide tomorrow they don't like you anymore and boom, you're done. So that was probably my biggest mistake blogging. And I have to give a plug to my mom. She always told me, Melissa, email, Melissa, email. And I'm like, I don't want to do emails, mom. I don't like it. Um, and my mother was right. as she always is. I should have been building email lists this whole time. <laughs> yeah. So in <laughs> one thing is like, you know, you have so many sites, like it would be a little unmanageable, probably doesn't make sense for all of the sites. So how do you pick which sites to have an email? It's actually, um, so I use ConvertKit. And I just tag all my forms and have an automation with whatever form that goes to a tag for the website. So it's actually not that hard at all to manage. Uh, it's actually pretty simple. I, I have MailerLite too, but I, I use that for like one or two sites, but I use ConvertKit for most everything. And it's really simple just to, you know, I come up with a freebie, I embed a form on a page and I just kind of let it roll. Um, and so it's really easy to segment your lists and tag them so you can pick, you know, who you're sending mm -hmm. things. So it's actually not that bad to manage. So that part may, that still sounds awful. To I me, know, but it, it, it's not um, that bad. <laughs> but to build the relationship, you would need to send emails. Yes. That becomes mm -hmm. unmanageable. If you have 22 emails, you have unless, to unless uh, I haven't done this yet, unless you pay someone to do that for you, there's okay. always the outsource train. Um, but I stick for emails. I stick for my, um, my big sites and my incubation sites, basically. So like the bigger stuff, um, other ones, I'm just kind of collecting free emails, but e e uh, freebies, <laughs> but you could, um, you could conceivably, and I'm going to go like nerdy, right? So you send email sequences in all these programs. You could sit down for a couple hours, write An email a month load them up and just set it to go. Right. So it's, yeah. it's actually, I wish I would have like been talking to myself like five years ago. Right. It's actually not that bad, but again, it's like just a matter of kind of doing it, scheduling it, getting it done um, type of thing. Yep. Why don't I listen to me? Why don't I listen to me? <laughs> it's good. Good advice. Well, and I think, um, you know, outsourcing, yeah, good shortcut. 
the other part is, yeah, you could just write like one or two emails to get started in the autoresponder. And then, like you said, once a exactly. month, add one and it's a lot more manageable. Now, I'll let you know, as someone who has had an email list for a little while, like then you have maintenance and you're like, is that email relevant? So like you have to put a quarterly reminder in to like go through and look, which I mm -hmm. don't have. I have like a two year reminder and I'm like, oh, <laughs> the, those are not relevant anymore. But it's another thing, you know, just yeah. as it's, it's an, definitely it another grows. thing to maintain, right? Yeah. So let's talk about mindset a little bit here. Yeah. So that that's uh that's a tough a tough thing, especially I mean, I think you're pretty self-motivated and a lot of us are that are doing this full time, but it's it's still a little different because you have to look at what you're gonna be working on and you could pick whatever you want to work on. That could be dangerous though. Like, so, that could be real dangerous. <laughs> so at the beginning of the year, do you have any like specific planning? Like how have you developed that over so the past This is year? like my first year doing it full time. Just crazy to think. And I do, I kind of have, and I'm like a weird paper and pencil person too. Like I have bullet journals, I have notebooks, all this kind of stuff. But uh, I'm in the process of just kind of going through everything. I came up with like 10 major goals for myself for the year and they span different sites and practices and stuff like that. And then it's kind of like going through everything one by one um, and figuring out what are the actions to take here. But, you know, the thing is, it's a different mindset when you're doing it full time, right? And you look at it differently. Like I under monetized my big site until this year, just because, hey, it was bringing me some extra income. That's great. But now it's my income right now. It's not extra anymore. I'm not working the full time job anymore. So that has been a big mindset is to look at it more like a business than a hobby. And there's... um you know, my boss now, like, she's really like, she's like hardcore. And that's a problem. Like, she is hardcore. And that's a problem because I am not always a kind person to myself, right? I'm just like, I will sit in this chair parked here for eight hours a day and not move. Like, I can do that. Like, that is something that my personality just lends itself to, which isn't necessarily a good thing. Right? So a lot of it is kind of learning about how do I personally work the most effectively now that I have more flexibility than I had before and making sure that I'm taking time to um, like kind of make the time to let my mind wander and all that kind of stuff. Like I could tell you one thing I used to do. I used to sit down when I worked my corporate job every Monday and write my list of stuff I had to do for the week. And it made me so miserable. I realized like I was sitting down right now on this laundry list of stuff. I'm like, this, this is horrible. Like this is like a terrible way to start my week. No wonder I'm so unhappy. I don't do that anymore. Um, I kind of have like this running list of things to do, but I don't like sit down and be like, here's all the stuff I have to do right now. Like that is just, that's like a buzzkill, right? So I've been messing around with different calendar programs and stuff like that. And I just have like a list in my planner and I write stuff out. Or maybe if I'm working on like a certain topic or site, I'll just wrist out all the things for my site and I'll go through and I'll cross them off as I do them. That's much better than like, oh, here's what you have to do right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are things you have to do, right? It's not a free for all. It's not like I'm sitting here relaxing with a, I don't know, I don't drink alcohol, but like a cold brew coffee or something like that. Just like, oh yeah, it's great. I'm my own boss. I'm just going to sit here. Like, no, like I'm still working really hard and I'm still trying to figure out my path forward of what do I, where do I want to be a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, right? I'm still very much figuring all of that kind of stuff out. Well, if we're doing the same interview in a year, like what do you want us to be talking about? Ah, uh, wow, that's a good one. If I want to be doing um, same interview in a year, I, I would hope that I have more sites that I'm calling like my big sites, right? Like more like big money makers that I know like, okay, I'm getting at least this from this every month and it's substantial, right? So I'm hoping that uh, I probably will have 50 sites by this time next year because I just go and register domains on a whim and then do something and something like that. But I'm hoping to see like a little bit of a distribution. I'm hoping, um, you know, the last six months of effort and putting some effort in the first six months of this year, I hope I'm going to see some big growth, have some bigger sites, um, be monetizing them a little bit better, make sure I'm maximizing what I can do with what I have already. And, you know, my big thing is I love tech. I love how tech relates to blogging. 
So uh, I loved Ariel's interview too. Like that was amazing. I went and bought that. I'm like, this is so cool. So that's one thing I'm going to dive into this year. And just kind of like keeping myself current on all the latest trends and what's going on and all that kind of stuff. Um, and more than anything, Doug, I want to be sitting here and I, I'm fairly happy with my decision to leave the corporate world. I am very happy, but I just want to be sitting here and saying like, this is awesome. I'm doing great. This is my dream job, which I'm kind of saying now, but I want to be even more so in that place next year. Like I'm still very much like thinking like, okay, well, I still have to get to certain levels and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just hoping I'm a little bit more relaxed this time next year, a little more confident, maybe though. I'm pretty confident if I quit my corporate job, I think, but hey, yeah. whatever. Okay. It's, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's tough. Like the whole mindset thing. And like, you know, I, I know people that have been doing it much longer than me and like, we're all figuring figuring it out like you you hope you're just like content where you're at but like we're it's all, exciting though like i yeah. can't tell you i have not been this excited about like work in i don't know how long like even when i have to like i, I have to like go update php on like 10 websites i'm like all right i'm gonna go update php on 10 websites yeah like it's just it, there's something to be said about kind of being the master of your own destiny and doing what you love um, and kind of giving yourself that gift of, I'm going to give you permission to go do what you love, even if it sounds a little crazy to some people. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely, it's definitely exciting. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, what the next year brings me because we don't always know, right. We think we're going in one direction and then sometimes things come from here or there or whatever. And I'm, I'm definitely like a shiny object person. So, uh, I, I think the core of what I want to see, I want to see growth. I want to see medium sites get bigger, smaller sites get media medium, all that kind of stuff. Um, but who knows kind of what the universe has in store for all of us this year. So we're coming kind of towards the end. I still have, I could probably ask you like 30 more questions, but I'm going to trim it down and just get the, the most important one. So quick note, you mentioned Ariel Phoenix's interview. Yeah. So she's been on the channel a bunch. She has uh, the bulk publishing framework and there's an AI powered spreadsheet. Oh, yeah. so that's what we're talking about. I'll link up to it and to the interview so people could check that out. So there's a question that I asked earlier about like, what do you think you might be missing because you have so much stuff and it's okay yeah. if you don't have anything else. But the thing is like, I'm asking you for your blind spots, which are inherently blind spots. Blind, so, right. That's kind of weird. Um, I think a lot of people can make the argument that I would see more progress faster if I focused on less. So if I just like laser focused down to like two sites to grow, I would probably see their growth faster. But at the end of the day, for me, this is a very long game, right? Um, it's not, I need to, I want to build something in a sustainable fashion, right? So even if I'm going a little slower than I could be, like I could just pick one site, publish every single day on it and probably grow, grow it super fast, right? But to me, um, I'm going to have to get like techie for a minute. Like there's this thing and so my background is in like technology architecture. Like I used to build data centers and stuff like that. And you talk about like single points of failure and failure domains, right? So if this piece of hardware fails, what is all the downstream stuff that will fail along with it? So if this one big thing goes boom, what happens? Um, so I am very much a scale out designer where I would design my infrastructures in a way that there wasn't something that if that went boom, it would break everything. Right. So I kind of feel like now that I'm explaining this to you, I think I'm doing the same thing with the websites. I'm trying to build it in a sustainable fashion that there's not going to be. And I, I am kind of in that spot right now with like two bigger sites. Um, I don't want there to ever be like I'm putting all my effort into this one area and that goes boom. And now I'm like, well, now what? Even though, yeah, I probably would see growth faster if I focused on less sites. But again, for me, that is an acceptable risk. Again, getting a little techy because I'm trying to build something that's long term sustainable versus get to a goal very, very fast, if that makes any sense. Perfect sense. Yep. That makes perfect sense. And actually great segue to Google updates. So I said, we'd come <laughs> back to it and are all your two part questions. So, um, any impacts in the last year from updates, Google algorithm updates, and then are all your sites um, getting traffic? Is that the primary source is Google organic search? Yeah, so I'm very big on Google organic search. Um, I do do a big focus on Pinterest as well, and I'm doing that more. 
um, lately. But here, here's the funny thing. And I think I mentioned this in, in the other interviews. I did pretty much okay through helpful content, all that kind of stuff. I got slammed the first time the product review stuff came out in one particular website. And it came back randomly. Last time we talked, like it had just come back. And then it died again for like two weeks. And it just like went to nothing. And I'm like, I don't really know. But now it's back. So I'm like, I don't know what to do with this site. I actually went, I published a little more content, just like five articles. Um, They're all indexed. And one of them is actually doing pretty good. Uh, But this site, like I can't figure this one out. I don't know what this thing is doing, but it, it it's making money, so I'm just gonna like keep on watching it and laughing along as Google comes and does whatever they do to it. I don't really know, but other than that, nothing um, recent. Everything's been fine. I know helpful content was like a big one for a lot of people. I didn't have any issues with that. And like I said, that the product reviews nailed a couple of my sites that were like basically just like best chainsaw blade, best chainsaw sharpener, best chainsaw oil. Like it was just straight up money grab, best article. So yeah, whatever. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough to understand what Google is trying to do. I'm not <laughs> sure if they know what they're trying to do. I mean, I think when you see the up and down, it indicates like they're, you know, turning that thumb screw because like they have unintended consequences of the results they're seeing. I don't know. Yeah, because remember, it's, at the end of the day, like we can say what we want about Google as a company, but uh, they're providing a user experience to people using the Google search engine. And they want that experience to be good. So I, I I pay attention to Google updates. Like I will go Google random stuff after an update. And sometimes you do that and you're like, none of this stuff is relevant. Like what is going on here? And then a couple of weeks later, you go Google the same thing and it's much better, right? So I think there's a lot of stuff they have to do on their end when like they make changes, have unintended consequences for their users, right? Because they're trying to, they don't really care about us so much. They're trying to serve the users. So the users keep going back to Google and get sucked into their ecosystem. Um, so I think they're always kind of tweaking and changing things. It's very much a fact of life in kind of the website blogging world and just something you have to get used to, which is why I like having a portfolio with different niches and different topics. Um, so theoretically speaking, right, you won't get hit across everything at once. Like that's kind of my strategy. Like I don't ever want to be like, if this goes back to my architecture days, right? I don't want to be in a single point of failure situation where if I lose this site or this happens, I'm done. Cause I actually had that happen with my, um, my first ever blog, right? I had just gotten it on an ad network and then boom, Google update lost half the traffic. I'm like, what? Like what happened here? Like, I didn't even know anything about SEO back then. I was like, what? is this oh my goodness like it's just gone and like i built it back and i figured it out but like i don't ever want to do that when that's like now this is my job right like i don't ever want to be in that position okay i'm jumping around a little bit when you're planning for the year you know you said you Mm -hmm. look at the sites and you're like all right i want to do this and you're kind of building out the plan how do you estimate like the effort so you had some uh experience professionally like estimating so how do you estimate like time effort uh capital that sort of thing yeah so what i do is i try to go to number of articles like i will target a number of articles like i could tell you the one site i'm pushing now i got to 100 and i came out with the next 50 and i'm like here's the next 50 articles and i broke them down into groups and how long does it take me to write this or how much is it going to cost me to pay someone to do this for me and you just kind of start listing it all out um and this is really interesting The best way to get started with this is to, and I I don't actually like doing this because I feel like I'm micromanaging myself and like I have a mental block doing this, but it's super helpful. Keep track of what you do for like a week or two. Like just write it all out, write what you're doing, whatever. Um, And it's, it's like painful for me. My brain doesn't work that way, but I do it. And then I'm able to look back at my task and say, what can I do more efficiently? What can I do better? Is there a tool I could use to make this faster should I just like have someone else do this for me? Cause I really hate doing it and it takes forever and it's better if I just pay someone. Right. So getting a good handle on the tasks you do on a regular basis. And from there saying, okay, what can I do better? Um, how can I outsource this? Or, Hey, I really like this. I want to do more of this and kind of organizing things, but really having a baseline understanding of here's what you need to do um, is really invaluable. And again, for me, it's personally painful to do that. I don't like to, but every time I do it, I'm like, Oh wow. I really learned a lot about myself here. So I do it. Yeah. Perfect. Another great segue, Melissa to final question here. 
Is there anything that you've gotten rid of where you're like, I hate doing that? So you mentioned like planning each week, like you used to do on Mondays, anything else where you're like, this sucks. I'm getting rid of it immediately. This is horrible. Um, not really, but I have been, um, kind of outsourcing more writing and more help just kind of with like pin making Pinterest pins or, um, pinning for me or, uh, like scheduling the content for me, just like, you know, go do your feed, do my featured images and my pins and stuff like that, like more administrative type stuff. Um, because one thing I know is like, I'm a killer writer, right? So if like I go and write something, I'm going to make it rank. Like I've proved this over and over again. So like, to me, the best things I can do for myself are the ideas for my digital products and monetization, right? Writing high impact things. So when I'm going after a term that I'm like, mm, this might be a little competitive, usually I will write that instead of having someone else write it for me. And then just anything like tech, I don't outsource anything tech related for my blogs, right? Because I'm a tech person. Um, so just kind of keeping that all running smoothly too is probably probably the big things for me. It's, it's really about like, what do you do well? And this is for everybody, right? What do you do well? And what do you get the most value of for your sites or your site when you do it? Um, and focusing on that and finding ways to either you know, batch out the stuff you don't like so much to get it done, or eventually when you get to the point where you can start outsourcing things as well. Awesome. Anything else on your horizon where you're like, ah, I'm going to get rid of that? I, I was surprised. I got rid of a few things when I then had the option and I was like, you know what? This is just a. I probably should. Yeah. I should probably, I should probably take my own advice and do this again for myself because I haven't done it since um, I went full time. Like my first couple of yeah. weeks, I was like, all right, what are all the things I'm doing? I'm probably due for like a good task transformation. Like, what am I doing? What do I love? What do I not love? And what I don't love, I need to find a way to get rid of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this has been awesome. And we could go ahead and put it on the calendar for next year. We'll get an update before then, but absolutely, we'll uh, see see what's been going on with you. So where, where can people find you? What, what stuff do you have going on? Yeah, I have a lot going on. Probably the best thing to do is go to my site, melismadigital.com. Maybe we can put a link in there. I've been working on some cool courses and content there. You can sign up for my email list and stay up to date on everything I'm working on. Awesome. And one thing, I, I think it's okay if we plug it, you have like a core web vitals yes. course, which um, it's available out there. So we, yes, we don't know it's exactly free who, okay. and it's available. Okay. Um, core web vitals. It's just, uh, you know, in less than an hour, kind of set the stage for understand how core web vitals work. Cause I think a lot of people don't understand what it actually is. And then I go through and I give you some quick actionable tips on how to get your spite speed up and pass. And then I have a couple case studies in there too, where I actually show you step-by-step -step how I go and analyze a site and make it pass core web vitals. Awesome. Yeah. We'll link up to that. And I mentioned a couple interviews. I mentioned multi-profit sites. So all that stuff will be in the description and show notes. And Melissa, thanks a lot. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. 